This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I'm calling the seven secrets to success, but they aren't really secrets. These are common sense, everyday practices that most of you do anyway. But if put together in a certain way, if put together and thought about and meditated on and actually adhered to, you're going to see an uptick in your money, an uptick in the success that you have in your business, an uptick in your brand, uh, which we'll talk about in a later podcast. But these seven, I'm going to call them rules, even though they're not hard and fast, seven things that will push you along. And this is kind of the theme for this week. So number one, give help and share. Give help and share. A lot of us are unconsciously selfish. We believe that if everything flows through us, that we'll be good. That if I just do X, Y, and Z, I'll be good. But what I have learned over my career, and I have spent most of it being very, actually, this is not true. I've always been collaborative. I've always sought out um, people to help me get to where I needed to go. But that was the key, people to help me get to where I needed to go instead of me helping people. And I've always kind of helped people, but I've never put the two and two together. So I would randomly help people or purposely help people, but not with the thought of having, building kind of a community around being successful. So if you needed help with doing something, I would help you and then move on to my thing. Instead of saying, hey, uh, let's build a community. So. For example, I'm currently in a very beautiful space on SiriusXM, and I came into it. I've told this story a lot, but it is an important story to tell because I decided when I came there that I didn't just want to do a radio show, that I wanted to build a channel. But it didn't. I didn't think about it from the standpoint of I want to sit on top of an empire, a radio empire, and I'm going to build this channel made in my image. What I was thinking was how many people can I give an opportunity to? Once I discovered this this formula of you know um advertising and pulling in the, the advertising dollars and then using that to create other opportunities my goal then became to find people with different voices people who you know were not the same drumbeat as mine to build what i in my mind thought a bigger audience right so if i want to reach more people if Karen Hunter wants to reach more people, Karen Hunter has to duplicate herself. But I couldn't duplicate myself with people who are just like me. So that was the goal, too. And how can I give this opportunity to other people who are, A, going to appreciate it, but also pay it forward? Because in order for this to actually work, the people in this cipher have to be similarly minded, meaning that they, they need to go out and do the same thing. So then our whole entire universe gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And even if people aren't listening to me, they're listening to something that is in my cipher, and that always comes back anyway. So if you give help and share earnestly, not from a selfish standpoint where I'm giving so I can get, because if you give expecting to re receive, so for full disclosure, not everyone in my cipher is doing the same thing that I'm doing. And that's fine. My, my hope and desire was that that would happen. But guess what? There's infinite bandwidth. So if two or three people are doing their own thing and it's all about them and they're selfish, that's on them. That's not my job. My job is to give, help, and share. And as long as I continue to do those things in all areas of my life, 
uh, and this is this is sp spiritual and definitely um, it, it does come back. You know, there's a scripture, you know, what you give, you get back tenfold. Now, if you're sitting there calculating, and, you know, all right, I only got back fivefold. This is not a good relationship. Then you're going to lose. You have to give freely, not expecting the return because the return is, is, is in something intangible. And it's something that knits in your spirit and your heart that then um, just creates this wonderful bubble where things eventually just start to come to you. I have again, been giving and sharing my whole life, but not in the way that I'm doing today. And I can honestly tell you that in doing so, not expecting anything in return and doing so with an earnestness, the universe just starts bringing stuff to you like that you thought about, you may have spoken out of your mouth, couldn't imagine how it could happen. And then magically every resource that you need lines up. I can't guarantee it'll happen for you because I don't know your heart. But I'm saying that, number one, if you pursue business, pursue money, pursue a career, pursue a brand with the thought that when I get there, I was, I was just thinking, this just came in, Yvette Nicole Brown, beautiful soul, uh, a woman who does this, she practices this. And you can see it manifest in her life. She got a TV show on BET. She's work. I mean, this woman, I'm, I just, I'm watching the blessings rain down and I'm so happy for her, but I know that this is who she is. She gives, she shares, she, any place that she goes, she's always constantly, how can I help, putting people together. And it, I know she is not sitting there with a pen and a calculator. And it doesn't happen overnight, but eventually it all comes back. Okay, number two, this is also in the vein of number one, collaborate. You cannot get anywhere alone. Build a team, be equally yoked in that team. So this is the caveat to this, right? So just the, the number one is give, share, and help. Number two, in business, a two, I, I, I say a two-strand cord, but a three-strand cord cannot be easily broken. Find your team. I have talked about this before. Initially, I never thought about um, how we work together. I just said, this person has a skill I don't have. Boom, let's come together. You're very public. you got a lot of friends. You go out and you talk to people. I don't really like to go out. You like the party. I don't like the party. So you go out, party, gather the people. I'll do the work. But that doesn't quite work if you're not equally yoked. So I'm just going to say that. Um, you can have people in your cipher who are equally yoked, but they do different things. But if you're not equally yoked, if you are not uh, of the same vein, uh, if, if your, your partner it does coke <laughs> and is out there partying and doing coke and stuff, that m makes the world think, because that's your partner, that you do coke. And I'm not disparaging people who do coke. I just don't do coke. I'm not a heavy drinker. Actually, I don't drink at all. So let me just be clear. I, and I said heavy drinker because if I have somebody in my cipher who drinks, that's fine. But if they drink, that's not equally yoked, and that just sends a message. And again, people do not have to do what you do. But if you're in business with them because business is so spiritual, to me, business is so spiritual, you have to be aligned with people and collaborate with people who are in the same f spiritual realm as you. Okay, and I think that, that that is super important. So as you go to build your brand or build your business or build your company, what have you, make sure that you partner with people who are not just going in the same direction as you, uh, but you have to, by the same direction, same direction is not just we're going due north, but we need to go due north um, similarly. <laughs> you know, 
you can't be going due north on a skateboard and I'm riding in a Bentley. All right, maybe that's a bad, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, so number three, invest at least 10% of your income in yourself. This is super, super, super important. Invest at least 10% of your income in yourself. This is tithing, right? Some of us tithe to a church. Um, I also tithe to myself. And what does that mean? Improving the things in your life, investing in the things that you need to improve on. So Drew McCaskill, who is now on my show, he's also on the Clay Kane show. He recently said to me, listen, Karen, he talked about this on the air. I, I need to know more about money and stocks. I'm literally handing my money over to people and telling them to invest in it, but I don't really know what they're doing. So he said, Can, what do you think about Terry Egioma's um, stock investment course? And I was like, I love Terry Egioma. By the way, I did a couple of pot you can hear on this podcast series, um, there are a couple of episodes devoted to Terry Egioma's appearance on my radio show. She's a super dope teacher. And I'm like, listen, he's like, well, should I, I mean, it's a lot of money. I was like, yeah, but is it worth it for you to know? I have somebody else on my team who's taken her course, who's going to be talking about it in, in the future as well on a podcast. And it's a lot of money. I could have asked Terry to comp Drew and the person on my team this experience but in my mind i knew that to comp them would not they wouldn't value it as much how much do you invest in yourself how committed are you to yourself and in investing in yourself is not just about you know um taking a class or whatever it's, it's saying i'm valuable enough to be able to pay for something to make my life better so uh cory booker i've talked about this before took uh, a course um done by tony robbins Spent $15,000, this was 20 plus years ago. And I remember it like it was yesterday because at the time I said, $15,000, $15,000. I couldn't imagine spending $15,000 to have a white man tell me anything. That was stupid. Because what I've seen is, you know, while Cory Booker has, you know, incredible intellect, he's an affable man, beautiful human being, that whatever he learned with Tony Robbins put him on the pathway to be mayor of Newark, senator, presidential candidate, sky's the limit. I know he's got, you know, like, and we're not dissimilar in terms of, you know, education, insight, da 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 da. But he put the time and money into, flew to Germany and took this class. There's something in that that can't be undone and it cannot be undermined. And, you know, not all money spent is good money, so you have to be discerning, but also if you spend the money, you're gonna you're more likely and more apt to glom onto the lessons and the nuggets that you're given. So invest in yourself. Um, Clay Kane is going back to school. He was just telling me to shore up on constitutional law because he talks about so many legal cases on his show. He said, I just don't feel like I have enough knowledge. So he's taking classes. He's taking classes so that he can know more about the things that he talks about. Kenneth C. Davis, who's written, I want to say, 35 books on history. This man is a powerful historian. He has a whole line of books, don't know much about history and other things. In the Shadow of Liberty, he just did a whole book on, on the flu that took out more people than most wars. Kenneth C. Davis has been in school, going back to school, he and his wife for the last two years. Um, and they're taking like art classes and language. Uh, so he said when they travel, they want to be more immersed in, in the different places that they go. But he could just travel. He's rich enough to just, no, he and his wife are going back to school. And he said it's, it so helps him 
in his other in his history and in, in pursuit of history because he's in an academic space with younger people and he's being challenged in a way that is helping him grow. He's spending money to go to school. How are you inve investing in yourself? What are you doing to invest in yourself? That's number three. Number four, don't work for money. And this is tied to number three, actually. Don't work for money, work to learn. Work to learn, but also know that you work for yourself, all right? So a lot of us are in jobs that we hate. So, you know, we talk a lot on this space about finding your passion. And I've recently been challenged because I'm back in, in class, in the class teaching, and I'm saying these, to these kids, find your passion. And they're like, yeah, professor, but like when I graduate, um, you know, my passion doesn't pay. And no, you shouldn't sit home and wait until like I was married to someone who was waiting to get his dream job. And I'm like, dude, but the bills need to be paid and it can't just be on me. Like that was, ugh. and I'm here to support. But after a year and change, yo, what's up? Um, yeah, you work because you have to. But in the midst of working, you know, improve yourself. Going back to number three, being a job where you spend the majority of your energy on that job learning all right 20% of your energy should be spent actually doing a job I shouldn't say this out loud but 20% of your energy should be spent doing your actual work the rest should be spent learning improving and resting <laughs> yes because you have to replenish your yourselves and things sharpen your saw and dedicate large portions of your time becoming a better thinker a better communicator better at your craft better with the quality of your work Eventually, you'll be able to change a lot of your work. And here's the other secret, and this is a secret. The better you become at your job, because a, a lot of people I watch find a way to avoid working. A lot of people come to work and they avoid working. They walk the halls, they chit-chat, they're in a break room, smoke break, they take lunch, they come back, they look like they're busy. Because the truth of the matter is you can hide out in offices and pretend like you're doing work when you're not, and you rinse and repeat and come home, take your paycheck. That's stealing. That's spiritual stealing. Because not only are you not improving your condition at work, you're also not improving your condition at home because your spirit knows you're, you're cheating and slip sliding. So when I say do 20%, 20%, I'm not saying doing 20% of your work, 20% of your energy. 80% of your energy should be in improving. Like if you, for example, at SiriusXM, we have a bunch of interns, there are edits, edits to do and clips to pull and this and that. Some people do the bare minimum. I just learned something in my talk radio class about how to cancel out ambient noise. And I don't really edit much, but I'm like, huh. Put that in my arsenal. I can edit video. I can edit audio. I can, I, that intro for my radio show, I put that together. Now, this is not my job, but it makes my job so much easier when I know how to do things because A, I'm not in anybody's mercy. If in a pinch I have to, I can do it, even though I have people whose job it is to do it. But the other thing is on the flip side, if I'm the person working, the more skills that I have, for example, I have a young lady who was interning with us a couple of years ago. She now, I just hired her because she is always bringing new things to the table. And I've said, said to her, do you know how to do audiograms? Nope, but I'm going to learn. So guess what she did? She learned how to do audiograms. So, so now she's incorporating that. Okay, now, just gave her the social media. Now you're going to be doing Instagram. Okay, oh, professor, I want to do this, that. She calls me professor because she used to be in my class and then became my intern, and now she's working for us. But she came to me twice last week to ask me if she could do more. 
guess where this young lady's gonna be when I build out the next phase of my empire? With me, doing more things with a better title and more money? Because this is a young lady that is not sitting and waiting to be asked to do things. She is learning and growing and challenging herself and pushing herself. And as a result now, when I come in, she's sitting at one of those banks. She's not even up with the rest of the people, just knocking it out. And she can do a lot of things way quicker than somebody that's been there seven years. I'm not naming names, but, and, and a better quality of work and I trust her more. So while you're working, you can get, think, get things done in a few hours that most people would take all day because most people are about some bull crap. So I'm just going to say this, you know, for me, it's about being undefeated. <laughs> you know, you want to be so good at your job that people look around and they can't think of anybody else to do it. You know, and I know you're probably listening right now. You're the one when things need to get done. You're the one that they call on because you can do just about everything. There's a value to that now. So value yourself as well. Once you realize I'm, I'm at a place where I'm a better thinker, communicator, I'm better at my craft, my quality of work is better than everyone else, that I'm that go-to person, there's a value to that and start charging. And if you're an independent contractor or you own your own business, there's a value to being able to do things no one else can do. So learn how to do things no one else can do. Number five, be a futuristic thinker. Stop living, stop living to be, live to be happy, right? Stop just living. Think in the future so that you can be happy in the future. Okay, I love this uh, adage. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. So don't think about the time you lost. Some of you are like, oh man, I wish I had a b invested in uh, Google when it came out or uh, even recently, Beyond Meat. Oh my God, I missed the IPO. Okay, there'll be another one, trust me. Don't let that happen to you again. Don't think about the time you lost or what you should have done. Plant the tree right now, knowing that 20 years from now, you're going to have fruit, you're going to have wood for fire, you're going to have shade and coverage. But if you don't plant anything, you'll have nothing in 20 years. That's a fact. And this is tough for people who are living right now who can't possibly see from under their debt or the day-to-day -day trials that they're going through. You can't, you can't even imagine, okay, stopping what you're doing. I don't even have the money to do half the things I want to do. Well... Calm down, all right, and notice that very few people create true wealth. Even the people that you see driving these G-Wagons and things like that with these big houses, even those with the high net worth, the high income, not net worth, high income, they're truly not wealthy. A lot of them just look like they're wealthy. They have the trappings of wealth, but their lifestyles uh, don't quite match their income. They're overly heavily in debt, all right? When you make more and then consume more, because this happens too, you get a raise and then you start buying more stuff. You, you make more, you consume more, and therefore you're no better off than somebody making $20,000 a year because if you have more debt, then that's basically bankrupt. I look at Warren Buffett. I love Warren Buffett because of the way he moves in the world. Warren Buffett, uh, he lives in the same house in Omaha, Nebraska that he's lived in for the last 60 years. He bought that house in 1958 for $31,000, which is roughly the equivalent of $250,000 today. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest men, he's always in the top five in America, one of the wealthiest men in the world, lives in a house that he bought in 1958 in Omaha, Nebraska. It's now worth estimated um, $652,000, but he's called that the third best investment he ever made. It's 6,500 square feet, six, to be exact, 6,570 square feet, has five bedrooms, two and a half baths, it's fenced, 
of course, got security cameras to guard the property because he's Warren freaking Buffett, but it's in Omaha, Nebraska. And they asked Warren Buffett, why hasn't he moved to a more extravagant home? Clearly, he can buy several extravagant homes everywhere and live in all of them one day at a time. He can travel all over the world and live in a house each day and still not go through his money. But he said, I'm happy. I'm happy there. I'd move if I thought I'd be happier someplace else. So if Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest men in the world, is living far below his means and, and not putting himself in a, in a situation to have to chase anything, why aren't you? All right. He invested in this man, understood this, this adage about um, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago because he was investing in things nobody was even thinking about, even his paper route that he had. You know, he was investing in himself when nobody was thinking about doing that. And he saw value and was willing to plant trees knowing it would eventually bear fruit. And he didn't spend his money as he was making it because you have to accumulate money in order to have the power to be able to use it effectively. So my lesson, this particular one, is super important to me because there's so many of us who feel like we're running out of time. You know, we're of a certain age, we don't have a, we didn't put into our investment, into our retirement the way we wanted to. We're approaching 50, 60 years old, and it's like I don't really have a retirement fund, and I've been, you know, not balling out, but just getting by. I got kids or whatever, and now I got the college, and I just feel like I can't catch up. I can't get a head, breathe, breathe, and start planting some trees. Invest 10% in yourself and get started, get educated, go back to school, learn some things. If you're uncomfortable with money, don't, don't just hand it over to somebody to do. I know so many athletes who just literally hand their paychecks over to somebody to pay their bills. One thing Oprah Winfrey said, not a single check goes by or out that she doesn't sign and look at. That is so powerful. That's how you keep your money. Eventually, your investments will, will produce a profit. That, that thing called compound interest is real. If you put 10% of your income into your investments over a long period of time, you'll be set for life. But you won't be set for life if you don't start. So stop working where, whenever you want, spending whatever you want, thinking that it's going to be okay. Live as if you have futuristic vision and live as if you're planting your trees 20 years ago. All right. Number six, marketing. Market yourself. I know. E. Some of y'all like, I'm good with that. Some people are like me. Actually, I'm not real good with like, hey, look over here. Look at what I'm doing. Check out what I'm doing. Now, I've gotten much better at it because I realized something is partially out of just being angry. Like, how in the hell did this person... Stop, let's stop doing that too. Let's stop looking left and right. But let me tell you, I've been guilty of like, how in the hell did this person, this person can't even write themselves. You know, it's like you, you, you start disparaging people and all of that actually undermines your ability to be successful. But it was a catalyst to me saying, okay, people need to know the things that I'm doing because the more people know, the more people know, then I could do more of the things that I'm doing because this is a people numbers game that we're in right now. Um, whether we're talking about television, movies, radio, podcasting, whatever you're in, you need numbers, and numbers matter. In the book world, publishers are pu uh, publishing books. How many Twitter followers do you have? How many Instagram? I promise you, that is the litmus test. And if you don't have an audience, you're not getting a contract. So you can't fight City Hall, right? Why, why fight and complain about where, where City Hall is? Do something about it and start marketing now. 
for me, the easiest thing to do is to go back to number one and two, build my community and market through them, collaborate and market through the people that I have on my team, build a team and market. So I hired a PR person um, just lightly because I'm like, I'm, I can't be heavy handed just to plant some things out there and just to test the waters. I did that this year for the first time ever. And it was not a bad experience. And it cost me some money, but I'm willing to invest in myself. But also the notion, and I, and I say this all the time, please share this with 10 people. I just started doing that. That's marketing, right? Please, if you're listening, if you've been blessed by this podcast, share this with 10 people that you know. I'm trying to c crack the continent of Africa. Why? For Number one, I love Africa. Number two, I believe people in Africa need to get this message. Number three, there are a billion people in Africa. If I get a million people in Africa to listen to this, that gives me leverage to go out and do more things, to build more communities, to do more of the businesses that I want to do that will help more people do more things. So share this with 10 people. That's marketing. Some of us think like, you know, money is the root of all evil. We got these notions in our head about like, oh, that's distasteful or that's immoral to go out and try to beg people to do that. Listen, I'm going to go scripture again. Jesus marketed Jesus didn't just have a great message. He got disciples, sent them out two by two, and then they went out and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ two by two. Marketing, that was marketing. It's not magic. You have to be willing to go out and sell and tell people why you're important because you are. You're the, you're the dopest. All right. And the last thing is number seven, know why you do what you do. There are so many people that want to start businesses because they seem like good businesses. Oh, chicken stores. Everybody loves chicken. I'm going to do a chicken thing, but you don't have a chicken recipe that's special. You don't really know how to make chicken. Your chicken tastes like wood, the macaroni soggy. You know what I'm saying. Oh, I want to do clothing. I'm into fashion, blah, 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 because you think that's what's going to sell. But what is it about you that really drives you to do that? Know why you're pursuing the things you're pursuing. Know why you're doing the things you're doing. Be honest with yourself. Take real simple stock of who you are and what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. If you can't answer why at the deepest level of your core being, you're not going to be successful. So that's it. Okay. Let me know what you think. I appreciate you listening. Again, share this with 10 people. That's my new marketing ploy. <laughs> just I love this Karen Hunter spread it on your I'm not on Facebook but go on Facebook and spread it um Twitter Instagram uh, what's that I don't know all the places you can spread it tell your friends call them up uh text them 10 people share this with them let me know what you think by following me at Karen Hunter at Karen Hunter K-A-R-E-N-H-U-N-T-E-R -E -E use the hashtag podcast so I can search for your comments and your questions and I appreciate you joining me on this journey till next time Thank you.